Hello and welcome to the Personal Best Podcast powered by Jets Australia. My name's Bart, I'm the head coach here at Jets Australia and Jake over here, here. How are we everyone? <laughs> wow. Coming in hot. Bang, 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 bang. And we have a bit of a uh, bit of a different episode for you today. What are we talking about? I know what we're talking about actually. Yes. Personal best. Why did we call it this? Now mm. there's a lot personal best. If you haven't put two and two together, PB is something that you do in a gym that mm-hmm. is your personal best. But we also want to talk about you know, your personal best, striving towards something, Mm -hmm. becoming your personal best. So Mm -hmm. we thought it kind of meshed well together and that's what we aimed the podcast about. Mm -hmm. Now, Bart is a a good figure here to talk about his personal best and the story about Bart I wanted to know a bit more about. I've heard it before, but I feel like we need to all hear about it and learn about what was your personal best story, Bart? Tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, I, I would love to. Actually, I, actually, I'm really bad at telling my story. Oh, I think I'm pretty bad at telling my story, but my story encapsulates, you know, a whole lot of challenges, I suppose, which we'll, we'll get to um, in a second. But I sort of wanted to preface this conversation with, look, we we work for a pretty cool organisation called Jets Australia, and it's just, it's to, to be very blunt, it's awesome to work here, and I, I think. One of the reasons why it's so awesome is that it's founded on a very clear set of values, purpose, uh, mission, and and vision. And to be completely transparent with you out there here, our mission is pretty simple from this podcast point of view and from a, a company point of view. And that is to get the most amount of members in the best shape of their life in the shortest time possible done the Jets way. And the sort of the last sentiment of that mission um, really is really poignant to me that the, the Jets way. And look, this isn't going to be an episode of us just pumping up uh, our, our employer, um, even though we uh, could, we, we could do we, it. We definitely could, but got a list. but we won't. But th- this idea of the Jets way is really interesting, and the way it sort of manifests is through a pretty uh, a pretty solid set of values that sort of feed into everything that we do, all the way from you know recruitment of our managers to you know, the projects that we're working on from the support office. But this idea of the Jets way means a lot of things. The, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that we're pretty atypical. You know, we don't do things uh, conventionally, which uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of because, let, let's face it, magic sort of doesn't happen by doing the same things that everyone else does. But the, the second thing is this idea, and when we link it to fitness, is this idea of good fitness. And there's a lot of information out there. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of it can sort of be very general if we don't know the members or the person's context. And so we will always strive to give this idea of good fitness. And again, to be transparent here, in a business point of view, this translates in, in business as good profit. We don't want to make profit from bad or, or, or negative sort of transactions. And so we want to give you this concept of, of good fitness and what I've learnt over uh, many years and, and, and a lot of experience is that fitness is a lifelong journey and for us to give good fitness with that in mind, we, we're not going to sell you a sexy supplement or we're not going to say this program is going to change your life, but we, we will tell you that the foundational things done consistently over a long time will change your life. So this idea of the Jets way has a long-term approach, which, which it should. I mean, the fitness and, and your body, which is essentially what we're trying to change here, is with you for the rest of your life. And, and what you do lifestyle-wise and in the gym will influence how it functions and how happy you are and sort of and can in turn influence 
your perception of, of reality and your perception of life. So we're going to get a bit esoteric here today, in case you haven't realised already, but the most amount of members in the best shape of their life, in the shortest time possible, done the Jets way is why we are here, alrighty? And so with that idea in mind, I want to share a story with you. And this is, as Jacob alluded, a little bit about my journey. And look, I've had a lot of things thrown at me in, in the last 31 years of my life. Look, we, uh, we had a bit of an issue with our, our firstborn son, who passed away a couple of years ago, shortly after he was born. Look, I've been diagnosed with a, a pretty degenerative nervous system condition. So uh, it's called um, um, hereditary motor sensor peripheral neuropathy, which basically just means I'm losing the ability of my uh, peripheral nervous system, so my arms and my legs. And so that's evident by broomsticks for shins I have at the moment. I'm slowly losing my legs. But it was in when I was 23 when all of this sort of started to snowball. Um, to so was that from was that from birth? Was that always... You, when you found that found that out, or was that a later? Stage? It was actually last year. Last year, funnily enough. Oh wow! So the way the way the condition works is that it doesn't man it, it mainly manifests in men. Okay. It's, it's a genetic condition, and it's sort of under the umbrella of um, a condition called Charcot Marie Tooth, which is a, a, a whole host of neurological neuropathies, and the, the gene that's infected uh, that's affected in me, we don't know. Okay. So I've evaded genetic tests so far, and I can go down that route and spend thousands of dollars to figure out which which exact one it is. But absolutely, yeah. So and the way the way it manifests is it normally starts to manifest at the end of the second decade and the start of the third uh, decade of a man's life, which happened to me. So when I was like seventeen or eighteen, I just uh, my, my legs just started to get really skinny, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't know why. That must have been a like a weird thing to try and get used to and yeah, it, figure, figure that out. It was, but but I, I think I swept under the carpet for, yeah. for, for a long while. As a lot of men do with things like that. Absolutely. I knew something was wrong. Mm. Uh, and to be honest, I thought it was a different condition called neurofibromatosis. But um, that turned out to be wrong. So I finally got uh, a running diagnosis last year. And um, so now I sort of have a prognosis. I know what I know. I sort of what I'm in for, and the prognosis is we, we don't know. So you know, my my nerves could hold out for where they are now for the rest of my life, or they could continue to go down faster. We we don't know. But what I do know is sort of over the last three years, I've noticed a big decline in uh, the musculature and balance. So I'm losing my balance. But it's it's. It, it's funny, I, I wish I had this knowledge back when I was 23, because when I was 23, another big thing happened to me. I got diagnosed with what's called a malignant peripheral nerve sheath tumour. There are a lot of medical terms being thrown out in this episode. A lot episode of big today. words, Absolutely. look them up if you don't know them already. Um, basically, it's a pretty aggressive cancer, um, and it was on my jaw. And at the time, I finished acting school. I had an agent. I was very... Um, I was very ignorant to the way I felt, and I think at the time I was very I was looking. I was always looking for attention. I always wanted validation from other people, um, which is a bit beside the point. Um, so I was doing a bit of acting. I was working a sort of a, a part-time job at a removalist, uh, an IT removalist job, which was a very interesting job. Um, and then I felt a lump on my jaw, and so I went to see a doctor, and the doctor said, "Yep, uh, that's a lump. Let's cut that sucker out. It shouldn't be there." And then the night before that surgery, I got a call from the doctor's office and they said, the doctor forgot that he's going on holidays tomorrow. We're going to have to postpone your surgery for another date. And I said, I said, uh, I was a bit annoyed, but I said, that's all right. I, I wanted to get a second opinion anyway. And yep. so I got a second opinion. Thankfully, I did. Um, they did a biopsy and they figured out it was cancerous. 
and from what I've learned now is if I had have had that first surgery, if that went through, I probably wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have known how serious it was. Correct. And, and with the operation, you need to take a margin, a margin being about a centimetre around the entire tumour to get all of the cells. And if this doctor had just cut it out without taking a margin, those cells, they can spread. So thankfully that doctor went on holiday and uh, I'm, I'm still here to tell the story. That's great. What but a uh, great holiday. I know, right? <laughs> Best holiday ever. And I suppose very, um, very woo-woo of me. I think that's a bit of the universe kind of having, having my back yeah. in a way. And so I went through the whole, this whole operation. They took out the tumour like a short rib. They took 12 centimetres of my jaw, replaced it with 12 centimetres of my very skinny leg and used tissue from my quad to fill the floor of my mouth and my tongue. So um, I had to learn to speak again. I had to learn to, to chew. I had to learn to breathe again. The whole rehab process was just um, uh, pretty awful. But again, my youthful ignorance sort of got me through. What was the rehab like time frame period? Mm. So I was I was in hospital for about four four and a bit weeks I think maybe a bit more. Thankfully I was young so I, I could yep. heal pretty quickly. But the um uh, the speech pathology was for about a, a week and a half. You know I was breathing through a hole in my neck for for a little while. Um, I had to learn to sort of bear weight on this on my left leg again, which is which is tough when your legs. So are they only took it out of one leg. Correct. So if you ever get a chance to look really closely at my left shin, you can see a little scar. Okay. And uh, that scar is just a gap. So I've got no fibula there. There's no bone. It's now now my jaw. And uh, so the night before the surgery, just to take a step back, I I was in the hospital room and my my mum and dad were there. I think my family, my brothers and sisters came to say good luck and that sort of stuff, which is really nice. And mum said, what do you want for dinner? And I didn't realise at the time, but this was going to be the last solid meal that I would have for three or four months. And so what did a 23-year-old boy get at his last meal? Big Mac. Big Mac. Big Mac with some, with some fries in the Big Mac, with some sweet and sour sauce on the fries in the Big Mac. Oh, it was outrageous. It. And just the record, it's the last time I had McDonald's. Anyway, Since ever. Ever. Oh, wow. And so it's made me, made me horribly sick. So pro tip for those having major surgery, do not get McDonald's oh, because it's the night just before. The, like <laughs> you don't ever want it again because it has that connection. Oh, no, I know it tastes good. I just... Oh, you just don't yeah, want it. I just don't want it okay. anymore. You know, I'm, I'm healthy now. <laughs> All it takes is major surgery. Yeah, but you know, you like sometimes you get sick, you eat one food and then you're sick mm. and then... Yeah, you can't like, eat you it You can't again. eat it again. Or? Yes, I, I do That's know that. that times a thousand. There's a few um, like liqueurs, like blue curacao. Yeah. Can't drink that anymore because yeah. I overdid that one night at university. <laughs> um, anyway, so the, re- the rehab was, was quite quite a um, quite a process. I had radiation therapy, which for those who don't know, the, the process of radiation therapy it's six weeks. You go into the hospital every single day, and then they they just shoot radiation at where the tumor was or is for some people. And when you have it on your face, you have to go in and they create a mask, and that mask it like molds to your face and then it's pinned down to the bed so you can't move oh wow so here's a 23 year old kid just learnt to breathe again and then has to have this mask pinned to the bed and he's breathing through this tiny little hole so every day was just almost a panic attack and is it painful no you can't can't feel it yeah that would be claustrophobic and painful that that, that that was the hardest part yeah they they clipped that you couldn't move your head and how how quickly before after your surgery are you starting the chemotherapy it was a few weeks so you have to let it heal to a certain point yep 
And so blasted with radiation every day. Thankfully that the cancer hasn't come back, which is um, absolutely wonderful. But I remember a point during the rehab where the doctor told me two things. He said one, which was really positive, and the positive thing was from this point forward, be proud of what your body can do. Because the fact is you have just had major surgery, you've lost your jaw, you're a fit kid who's lost a bone in his leg and tissue from his quad. So if you have to stick a finger in your mouth to push food over the other side of your mouth and people look at you strange, great. Own what you've got and lean into it. And that was a really positive thing. But the second thing he told me, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life, he says, you should never run again. Wow. And so, I don't know about you, but when you're when you're, you're pretty angry with your life circumstances and you're really into something and then someone says you can't do that thing that you love, you... Want to do it more than anything. And I did. <laughs> I, and that's where I got into Spartan races. That's right, yeah. Last week we talked about you running for 24 hours non-stop. Yes. Uh-huh. Take that, dog. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Just to shove it in his face. And I, I never actually said, hey, stuff you. <laughs> look yeah, look yeah. at what I'm doing. But I, the, the thought of someone telling me that I can't do something because my body is a certain way really rubbed me up the wrong way. And it was from that point on that I sort of something clicked in my mind. And ever since we started this podcast and I, I started this journey with Jets Australia, all these things started clicking. At that time in my life, I kind of said to myself, do not settle for mediocrity. Don't don't do what other people are doing just because they are doing it. You know, be proud of being different, um, and look for the magic. And so, my partner has this wonderful quote on the back of her laptop. It says, "You will never find magic if you don't believe in it." That's and great. so, and so, this, these values of doing things the Jets way. Um, doing things that are atypical, that are a bit different to get the task done with a long-term approach, just aligned with my values like like nothing else. And it was the other day when we were talking about doing this episode where something something else clicked in me. And all of a sudden, I came up with this idea and this concept called personal best energy, P-B-E. And in preparation for this episode today, this idea of PBE just resonates so well with me. We're talking about personal best. And you're right, Jacob, the, the number on the bar you're, you're, is, is your personal best yep. or your personal record, your PR. But it goes beyond that. Oh, does it ever. You can take this personal best energy into every single aspect of your life. And when I was an actor, I had a monologue. And when you're an actor, you have a selection of monologues that you can just pull out of your hat for an audition for whatever. You know, you have a contemporary monologue, a Shakespeare monologue, um, a non-contemporary monologue. Um, you often have like a Tennessee Williams monologue for whatever reason. And one monologue I had was by a play called, I think it was called Pacific Parade by Simon Stevens. And uh, it's about choice. I cannot remember a word of it, but the sentiment is this. Maybe I can remember a little bit. It, it goes, um, do you want to know what the difference is between human beings and other animals? It's not the epiglottis. It's not opposable digits. It's choice. We choose where to go. We choose what to eat. We choose what to, what to wear. And we choose who to love. And if we do not choose, we are choosing not to choose. In our old Jets office, there was a slogan on the stairs that says, energy is a choice. And it's from Chris Helder, one of, one of our... Um, one of our wider Jets family members. And when we think about where we are today, really all that is a culmination of small little choices that we've made. 
you know, the choice to go over here, the choice to pursue this career, the choice to go to the gym, the choice to consistently go to the gym for, for 10 years. Yeah. And the PBE, the personal best energy in itself is a choice. So, and it's not just in the gym. We're talking about being the personal best father, being the personal best um, co-worker, being the personal best just taking that Nippers attitude coach. into every kind of environment that you do through your day-to-day life and your choices that you make. Yes, and and you can do that. And everyone can do that. It's as simple as leaning into it, finding it, and then choosing to to, um, to encapsulate it in a second. And for those that's, that probably haven't, maybe haven't felt or are struggling to resonate with this personal best energy concept, there's three things that sort of, um, can help you manifest it or, or sort of encapsulate the idea of it. And the first, you would have heard us say this a couple of times on the podcast, is that actions speak louder than words. And you've, you've heard this thousands of times before, but what we're doing here with this podcast is providing you with information. We're providing you with a, a path, you know, a destination. But knowing that information is one thing and actioning that information is another. And once you start actioning this information that might be a bit uncomfortable to hear at first or might be a bit different to whatever your lifestyle is at the moment, once you start doing that, you start to understand this beautiful to and fro of your, um, uh, your comfort zone and this, this, this feeling you get when you accomplish something that might be a bit foreign to what your reality is. So that's why you hear us say a lot, look, we're, we're telling you this stuff or we're discussing this stuff for you and stuff, some stuff may resonate, some, some stuff may not. But the actioning of it is where the money is. And the, that's a big tenant of the personal best energy. The second thing is that we are growth-minded and goal-oriented, not the other way around. Growth-minded, goal-oriented. And you know, people come to us a lot and say, hey, I want to lose 10 kilos, I want to gain 1.8 kilos of muscle mass so I can be a certain weight or whatever. And that's great. You know, it's good that you have a destination. It's good that you have a goal. But just having that goal isn't going to get you there. That's the end point. Being growth-minded will get us there. Yep. So always adapting, always opening your mind to different things, always looking for the opportunity to be better than yesterday with that goal in mind. So this is, I suppose, to give you a, a, an exact example, if you go to the gym every day, looking to burn 300 calories on the treadmill because you want to lo- lose 10 kilos. That's a very um, uh, goal-oriented approach, mm-hmm. all right? But I suppose what we need to do is think about behaviour changes first as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a very convoluted process, and we'll give you a bit of a, an idea on how to, um, how to action this uh, a little bit later. We have some resources for you. So growth-minded... Um, uh, and goal oriented, yeah. right? And then the third thing is uh, is uh, pretty simple. <coughs> We're all in this together. All <laughs> Almost forgot that one. And it took me a long time to learn this. I was, again, I used to be a very, um, I think, rather selfish person. But it wasn't until I opened my mind up and, and trusted other people that I got to where I am and, um, and, and think the way I think and feel the way I feel. And that's a beautiful thing about humanity. You know, we grew up in a tribe and we will always accomplish better things in a team. And so that's why you'll also always hear us say, you should get a coach. Everyone needs a coach. Yep. So those three things are sort of a, um, 
uh, steps towards this personal best energy, yeah. I suppose. All right. If you've got that, in, like, just growth in mind overall, if you're setting goals like, I want to gain five kilos of muscles, and then you reach that, you're always moving targets and stuff. But if you just have that overall growth mind mentality to just always being improving, then you're just working towards that constantly. You're not just going for that extra two kilos. Correct. You're just constantly moving. It's the Jets way. It's yeah. it's it's great. It's the long term, the long term approach, and and it's never too late. Like how mm. long, how much into fitness were you before your surgery? Like you weren't you weren't anywhere near no. as into fitness as Go you away. are five years down the track. Not at all. I did it. I but I did it to look good on camera because I was an actor. But I didn't. I didn't quite understand the, the beautiful adaptive nature of our body until until I had my surgery. Yep. And for me, Bart coming into Jets, I was here before he was, and I've always kind of been in the gym from like a young age here and there, like time on, time off, just taking it easy, basically, not really with a goal. But when Bart joined, I was doing fitness, and he came in with such like a strength and like you really I've never seen anyone more passionate about fitness than Bart was and it made me be like what am I doing like <laughs> I need to step up my game because this guy's got so much energy energy and so much love for fitness and I'm just kind of going through the motions every day so it really like helped get that growth mind mentality when Bart came on board and I was like wow this guy's gone through a lot and he's still doing what he's done so I need to kind of step my game up and not just go through the motions and actually have that kind of passion towards fitness. Mm, got to so level up, thanks, baby. Thanks for that, Bart. Hey, mate, that's, that's fine. But it's, it's, an, it's another thing about, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all in this together. We, know we need that tribe. What do they say? Like, you're, you're the sum of the five people you most keep around you yeah. or something like that. And that's very that's true. true. That's it's scary. Absolutely. It's so scary if, a little bit. So if you listen to us every week, we'll become your friend. <laughs> and ho- hopefully that will uh, we'll be, become one of those five people. So, well... So we yeah we we got a little bit we we got a bit down um, down and dirty into my story a bit today but I, I really want to give you guys um, the members and non-members I suppose some tangible steps to help you on your personal best journey and remember it transcends the gym this is a whole three sixty view of your deep health here and so step number one is to have a destination. I always, uh, I always liken fitness goals to a destination on Google Maps. So I'm in um, the sunny coast at the moment. I can plug in Melbourne and then I can say directions um, and it'll give me the most direct route to, to Melbourne. So the destination is the goal and the route is, is, is the journey. And sometimes that journey so sometimes takes you to Darwin and then sort of to Perth and then, and then back through the Red Centre and then to Sydney for a little bit and then maybe finally you'll end up in Melbourne, but there's no guarantee. So when we look at fitness goals here, your destination is Melbourne, um, but your route is the plan. So if you don't have a destination, we don't know where you're going. So step number one is find a goal. All right. Yeah, if your if your destination's Melbourne and you're getting to Darwin, <laughs> you've you've stepped off on the wrong route there a bit. You need to get a line because that's not that's not the best route you can be <laughs> no. taken. You're going backwards. Not to say it's wrong, just not to say it's not just not the most efficient. No. Right. So step number one See is that ha- your 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 destination might have been Darwin. You got a setback and yeah. then you came back and you back straight down the M1, just <laughs> plowing along. Back on track. <laughs> 
So we need, we need a destination. Um, and some, for some of you, you know exactly what that is. And for most of you, it's going to be, I want to lose 10 kilos or I want to gain 5 kilos or I want to add 20 kilos to my squat, which is great. Um, um, these are what we call outcome goals. This is the outcome. What we've learnt and what our partners at Precision Nutrition um, have taught me is to focus on behavioural goals because the behavioural goals are the journey. These are the things that will inform how we get to the destination. So in the show notes of this episode, there is a, um, a sheet for you to fill out. In that sheet, you'll put in your outcome goal and then it'll sort of talk you through how to make that more of a behavioral goal to break it down into smaller goals to get to the destination. All right, so that's step number one, have a destination. Step number two is have a plan. Okay, And we have two resources that we want to share with you today. If you're a beginner um, or you're new to the gym, we created this wonderful thing over a year ago now called the 21-Day Plan, and it's on our Jets Life website. That's where we post our blogs. It's where we'll, we'll post blogs on these episodes as well. It's also where we'll keep some of the show notes. Um, the 21-Day Plan takes you through the first 21 days of your journey at a Jets gym. So it takes through a test and retest. We talk about nutrition. We talk about mindfulness. Uh, we talk about rest days. There's a whole lot of information in there. 21 videos, you watch one each day and then you do the workout or the, or the task that's required of that video. Super simple, mainly for beginners, all right? So if you're new to the gym or perhaps you haven't joined a Jets gym yet, uh, yet join a Jets gym and get on the 21-day plan. If you're a bit more advanced uh, or what I like to call intermediate to advanced lifter, at the start of this year, we created three training programs. The uh, muscle gain program, a weight loss program, and a functional fitness program. And your Jets clubs have access to these programs. If you have never done a program before and you've been in the gym for maybe two or three plus years pretty consistently, jump on one of these programs and follow it to a T. I'm not going to lie, they're pretty challenging, but they're challenging for a reason. It's only, um, they're only four-week programs, but they'll put you in the right way of proper exercise programming, proper loading, proper rest, Okay. Ask your club how to access these programs and they'll point you in the right direction. So if you're more advanced, those training programs, will whew, they're pretty good. Um, and for the, newbie, uh, for the newbies, 21-day uh, plan, access on the Jets Life website. And step number three is my, my favorite. Be relentlessly, unabashedly consistent. That is the key. Absolutely. And harness that PBE, that mm. personal best energy along the way. You'll too. be surprised how, if you are consistent with something, how quickly you can make results change. Because yes. I've seen people that, like, sometimes you'll go through the gym, you're going through the motions, you can be there for two years, not making any difference. And you see some other guy that just started six months ago or yeah. overtake you yeah. because they're, they're consistent, they're doing everything right. So. Absolutely. And it's being consistent in the right things as well. That was a great, um, a great post by Joel Jamison, and he says there's a difference between high-intensity training uh, and hard training. And you can train hard every day, but often that's not the best way to go. You have to nuance it. So being consistent in the right way is, is the key to fitness. If you ever want an answer to how do I become the best fit of myself, best, best, um, best version of myself, the, uh, my personal best, be relentlessly, unabashedly consistent with the good things and see where you're at in six months or a year. All right, so um, have a destination, have a look at the show notes for that form, have a plan, the 21-day plan or the training programs, and be as consistent as possible, and you'll see that magic manifest and that personal best energy manifest once you start to see these results come on. You ah. got that, guys? You got that? Yeah, you, you got that Easy. for sure. Um, 
Yeah, team. Look, we, we will have more episodes coming your way. That is a sure thing. Remember, do follow us on all the social tubes. I don't know if that's the, the, the term. That's not the term, but I do like it. Make <laughs> it your own. Social tubes. Lean in, hey? Yeah. Be atypical. Follow the social tubes, Jets Australia, our YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. A lot of information coming your way and some, um, some new faces coming your way pretty soon, team. Uh, uh, Jacob, you got anything to add? No, guys, just keep being your personal best. Oh. PB, bring that PBE that energy. PBE, baby. <laughs>